Greetings, children, and dare you step inside the vegan abattoir. I'm Kevin Smith. And I'm Harley Quinn Smith. Um, Here, you should, you know what? You should try it here. No, that's so scary. I can't do, that. can do that. No, I can't. Do I... And action. Greetings. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Greetings. <laughs> I can't do. Okay. <laughs> what the fuck was that? Oh my god, I'm co-hosting I'm with a Star Wars nervous. droid. <laughs> I'm nervous. Okay. Um, all right, I'm looking down. Okay. <laughs> Greetings, children, and <laughs> what is it? <laughs> dare, and dare you step inside? Greeting. Okay. Abattoir. I'm Harley Quinn. Okay. Greetings, children, and dare you step inside? The- Greetings, children. <laughs> Um. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god okay I'm hold gonna, on, hold on. I'm gonna say it really fa- I'm gonna Here. say it fast it might not be metal okay greetings children <laughs> oh my god that's just far from metal <laughs> greetings children and dare you step inside the vegan abattoir I'm Harley Quinn Smith and I'm Kevin Smith there you go there you go <laughs> hey, man. <laughs> um all right welcome back kids it's episode three uh, here on Vegan Abattoir, the show for the vegan curious. Uh, we slaughter misinformation. That's the log line for the and fucking show. butcher bullshit. And we butcher bullshit from time to time as well. Um, but uh, before we do anything, uh, we greet each other as fellow vegans with the plant-based handshake. Hello, vegan, sir. Hello, vegan lady. <laughs> <laughs> and now we can begin. <laughs> now we go back to um, you uh, folks are good enough to ask us questions that, uh, you know, we try to answer and stuff. And uh, Harley's got another guest uh, today. So before we get into the guest, let's dive into Did you get a question? One that I works? did. I did. I think this person's username is Jess Edigwai. Mm-hmm. Um and they asked how she or he I, I'm not gonna assume that all oh, your generation I'm smart not gonna like assume oh that's smart look at that look I'm, at that Gen Z mind going will, like hey hey breeder they don't have to be breeder? a he or a she man <laughs> it could be a day you old hey boomer it you is. fucking are you, you done shit your fucking mansplaining trap hole. You boomer fuck, and I'm like. <laughs> At this point, I'm trying to find something to throw. No, no. <laughs> um, all right, what do they want to know? Um, they want to know. Ooh, look how quickly I caught on. Good, thank you. See? Thank you. People could change. I think it's best to use non-binary terms unless you know for sure what their pronouns are. Fair enough. So I'm just going to refer to everybody who asks a question as they. What I, about a boy named Sue? I don't know their story. I don't know their story. Well, I can tell you that story because it's a Johnny Cash song. A man named Sue? A boy named Sue. Oh, interesting. Because a little something like this. Oh, right. And anyway, so the question is, how was the relationship between you and your father progressed now sharing similar diets? How interesting. Has it? I mean, I think now, well, actually. Well, we got one more thing in common, but we always had a lot in common. I guess it was in the time that I was either vegetarian or vegan, we couldn't you know, share excitement in, in foods very much because we're eating differently. I'm not going to be like, it brought us closer, but it, you know, fucking in a world where it's like, Hey man, you want to go to the same place? Cause we eat the same kinds of foods and mm-hmm. shit. And 
it does kind of tend to bring one closer, even if it's like, it's not like, oh my God, thank God for veganism. I never would have known her. Now I know my true fucking kid. True that. Um, there's another question though that I, I want to- Fire it up. I don't have an answer for it, but it's it's more for you so you can explain okay. um, something. What's this uh, first time, a long time listener, first time caller's name? Uh, this is uh, KLZM8. KLZM8. Okay. So I don't know. Um, what kind of food did you start with in the beginning of this vegan journey? You have a very specific answer of, of which. KLZMH. Mm, yes. <laughs> um, I, uh, when I got into it, it was a post heart attack. And uh, the I had read, a friend of mine, Adam Rifkin, had read that I'd had a heart attack. And he was like, hey, man, I know Penn Gillette, And he had heart troubles and he lost like 100 pounds. Penn Gillette, of course, uh, the chatty half, tall chatty half of Penn and Teller. Mm hmm. And um, he was like, I could put you guys in touch. And, and Penn had been here to the house. He'd been on the podcast and stuff. But I hadn't spoken to him in a bit. So uh, I was like, yeah, yeah, totally. And uh, he put me in touch with Penn. And Penn was like, look, um, before we get into this, all I ask is that you get my book and see if this is even something you're remotely interested in. Because mm -hmm. it's all laid out in my book. And so I said, uh, all right. And I got the book on tape because he's got a wonderful voice. I listened to it and his approach, he went in, uh, he changed his health with a guy named Ray Cronies. Ray runs an organization called Just Sides, which is basically plant-based lifestyle. He lost a bunch of weight going vegan. He's also a firm believer in intermittent fasting as well. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so he got a hold of Penn and started Penn on this program where he retaught him how to eat and stuff but how he began the program was two weeks of nothing but potatoes that's it you can't fry them you can only bake them or you know boil them and shit but no salt no butter nothing just plain it's ass pretty upsetting potato well to me i was like i fucking love potatoes that's gonna be easy it like i could do that but i forgot i don't love potatoes as much as i love mashed potatoes with the butter no and it the was salt and the milk in it and it shit. was sad we went to the movies and because you... Penn talked about he was like <laughs> you boil you get these things ready you throw them in a fucking you know fridge and then before you go out you microwave them put them in your pocket and then you're eating yeah, them at the movie theater but that it was so sad it was also because <laughs> like you didn't cut it up or anything and like you literally just were eating it as if it were an apple and yeah. then you we, once the theater went dark and like you felt it was okay to take out your potato from so your I wouldn't pocket get judged. i didn't know that the lady sitting right next to me was doing all the judging it for was everybody. pretty sad it was quite upsetting it was um, my path to veganism you should celebrate it motherfucker i mean i'm that was the only way i was gonna get there if it works for you, then that's so great. I wouldn't it, it literally. For a few, it worked for like the first week. It was two weeks. But by the end of the first week, I was like, I fucking hate potatoes. It was like being trapped on a desert island and all you had were coconuts. <laughs> like fucking, oh my God. I was like, I, and then I, that's how I learned intermittent fasting. Cause I was like, all right, I, I can eat any potato I want right now, mm -hmm. or I can eat nothing. I'm going to choose nothing because <laughs> fuck potatoes it was so sad but that was my path two weeks of potatoes and i lost 20 pounds and the, yeah which because a potato is a natural diuretic potatoes like mostly water weight 
So it goes into your body and you eat you can eat as many potatoes as you want. They're just oh goody. All day long. You could eat you could eat honestly. They're a hundred fucking potatoes. Honestly, if you can. You won't get through fucking two after day three because you're like, <laughs> fuck potatoes. But they're all water, so they make you piss. It's a natural diuretic. So you lose twenty pounds of weight. Some people are like, this is water weight. Hey man, weight is water weight. The liquid and fat cells is fucking water. I just feel that there has to be a different way. I also read the human shit is 80% water. Is it? 80% water. That fucked up. That is. Like the rest of it, you know, which we think of as like, oh shit. But if you were to like, you know, fucking freeze dry it or whatever fuck, like to send it up to Mars, somebody was like, I like ice cream. Some guys like, I'm a shit eater. They're like, all right, well, let's freeze dry this. What the fuck? <laughs> and they take huh? all the moisture out of it. 80%. It would shrink by volume of 80%. That's crazy. What a me. unique circumstance, but wow. <laughs> <laughs> In my version of you know, like, NASA, it... even people with weird kinks get taken care of in space. Good for them. <laughs> um, so, all right. So, yes, it, for me, it was potatoes only. Then when I got done with the potatoes, the next level was uh, corn, and I'd never eaten corn. I'd eaten popcorn. And I shit. don't remember that. It was it, I. We Facebooked it. Me and mom. I was like, let's Facebook live me eating corn for the first time. And mom <laughs> made corn, and I <laughs> tried it, and I was like, this is fucking corn. <laughs> Ew! And then people online were like, bro, she microwaved that corn. Like <laughs> if you had corn cooked right with the butter she and shit, but you weren't supposed to put butter, butter on it. Cause you, know, yeah. you were doing this just sides thing, but that was where I split from the program. Cause I was like, I can't, I don't like corn. I don't like any. Vegetables. Corn's pretty good. I think what, um, for reference, what other fruits and vegetables have you not ever tried? Slash, what should I film you eating for the first time? <laughs> there you go. You're like, oh, what's my TikTok? My yeah. TikTok is going to be my dad eating foods him No, that could, be, that could be our advertisement for vegan abattoir. It's like... <laughs> Watch this motherfucker <laughs> eat cherry tomato. Look at his face contort with fucking terror as he's forced to eat a kumquat. I think it could be pretty entertaining. Oh, my God. It would make me vomit. No. Um, well, I mean, I think it's easier to name the shit I do eat rather than that's true. What is the few? What are the few fruits? Here, and vegetables? just name anything. Okay, strawberries. I've I've had those. Oh, good. Um, but, I'm not, but I don't. <laughs> have you? I'd rather have strawberry like ice cream. So you would never eat a, the bear. Like you would never go in yourself and eat a berry out of the fridge. Um, no. Not by choice. Not by choice. It would have to be somebody fucking like, go eat a berry. I'm like, ah, get off my dick. And then I go in there and eat a berry. And then would that you... person would probably be your mother. That's true. Would you be happy? But about she's given it? up. 21 years of that shit. She gave up trying to make me eat berries like four years in, where she's like, fuck him. Would you be like upset about it though, or eat would a you... berry? Yeah, like would you? Would, would not you... be pleasurable. Would your really? Yeah, I would be like, nah, nah. I want to you... get the experience over as quickly as possible. What if you're? What if you just kind of looked away and were like, well, this kind of tastes like. It does not taste like what my idea of strawberry is. <laughs> my idea of strawberry is a, like a hint of strawberry with sugar. Okay, let me... Oh. Unnatural sugar, I should say. This is one that I I don't know the answer to. Okay. Avocado. I don't like that. Do you know what it tastes like? Nope. Do you want to try it? No. <laughs> I I'm eat... 49, I'm going to be 50 in August. If I haven't tried an avocado yet, what the fuck makes you think I'm going to try now? I just feel like 
maybe you should expand. Why? I eat two avocados a day, and we like a lot of the same things. What the fuck is that all about? I love avocados. Um, do you eat the middle? The, the pit? Is that the pit? Yeah. <laughs> what do you do with it? Whip it down the street? I mean, if you want, or you could throw it away. <laughs> do you eat it Or like... you could plant it and grow a tree. Can you? Mm-hmm. Off of that giant fucking thing that's just a big seed? Mm-hmm. Let's throw them in the pool and see what happens. In the pool? <laughs> yeah, see if we grow like a fucking <laughs> army of, of, of trees. trees. <laughs> Avocado trees. Um, all right, so um, essentially it's every vegetable and fruit that I don't like. A banana? I like bananas. Would you eat a banana by itself? Like a, just a banana? I have in the past, yes. You've been known to eat a banana by yeah. itself. <laughs> it's not my first choice, but I, I can eat a banana or two. But yes. Um, wow. Well, I mean, I think you found our side game. There's your TikTok. I don't. My dad have any interest in eating normal fucking foods that he finds freaking. I would make a. I would make a TikTok account called uh, called um, Middle Aged Man Eats Fruits and Vegetables for the First Time. I mean, that's a long title. I'm just pleased that you called me middle aged (laughs) as opposed to old man. Well, I don't want to. I don't old want man for old man throats those veggies. I don't want it to be like marketed as like Kevin Smith does. I just want it to be like this random man. If you want, <laughs> I won't wear a backwards baseball cap. I'll wear like like what I'm wearing now, a fucking like a a, a toque, a, a beanie, a if you will. Yeah, Canadians call it a toque. Okay. Um, beanie, if you will, so that'll take people a few minutes. And they're like, oh, he looks like an old fisherman. Yeah. But then, old fisherman having to choke down a kumquat for the A lot time. of the comments will be like, that looks a lot like Kevin Smith. And then I'll be <laughs> like, no, this is my neighbor. And they're like the person holding the camera who's shaking it, cackling <laughs> as her father, her semen father chokes on fucking broccoli. Sounds an awful <laughs> lot like the girl from fucking Yoga Hosers. And- Quentin Tarantino I, movie. I, I, I feel like it'd be really fun. Anyways, um, I asked that question because because the person I spoke to this week. Oh, look at you tying shit together. Yeah, here I go. Wow, she's learning, man. Three podcasts in, and she's like, I got this. Because I have to. I have fuck to, off, old man. I don't need one you of no us more. has to direct. <laughs> I know. Clearly, the last one went off the rails. <laughs> you just seen the feedback. Everybody going like, give it up, bro. Stop talking over your kid. I get that. All the time. <laughs> what? Stop talking over your kid. Do you? Yeah. That's the big criticism. That, I mean, thanks, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for having my back out there, They're guys. On <laughs> my side. <laughs> you said my show. I it? appreciate it. Um, all right. So it ties in. Fucking well done. Look at you figuring shit out. I'm making it work. <laughs> I'm learning the podcast. I'm Harley Quinn Smith. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I. <laughs> Would you like me to record that as your ringtone? I, oh, thank you so much. <laughs> so nice of you. <laughs> um, you know, if fucking Austin sang it, you'd be like, "Oh my god, it's already my ringtone." Okay. Yes, my boyfriend versus my father. I, mean, I guess that makes sense. <laughs> a little bit of different, different field. How um, does it tie into our, our question? Or your guest? Because my guest, her name is Jessica Shea, okay. and she is the CEO and founder of Vegan Street Fair <gasps> and Vegan a? Exchange. I love Vegan Street Fair, which became the vegan. Vegan exchange, exchange, which is a Sunday 
market. And that's where all the trucks are lined up. And yes, they've got stands, all vegan market here in Los Angeles. So yes, um, going into the vegan exchange, um, if not the vegan street fair with Harley is a lesson in humility because uh, she's much more well known in that world than I am. <laughs> Everybody's like, oh, my God, Harley. Oh, my God. Oh my God, Harley. <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. Did you try this? Oh my God. Um, cause she's been putting in the time for forever, man. Like again, she's spent years in the vegan space before me. So what did you guys talk? I mean, we're going to hear it, but what did you guys talk about? Give us a preview. Um, how vegan street fair came to be. The fuck secret origin shit. Secret origin, which I didn't know, which I found super interesting. Her advice to, uh, for, you know, vegans who want to create a sense of community we we talk a lot about building a community here yeah. <laughs> all right so without further ado harley speaks with jessica shea hey man it's me kevin smith would you like to wake and bake with me like three times a week uh would you like to hear me talk to my wife about intimate details about our personal life which in 21 years of being married ain't really all that exciting anymore would you like to hear all the old episodes of Fat Man on Batman, where I used to sit down and record one-on-one interviews with people and stuff. Uh, do you want to listen to old episodes of Jane Silent Bob Get Old? There's one place where you got to go, man. Join me at That Kevin Smith Club. That's right. If you go to thatkevinsmithclub.com, you can join as a clerk or a mall rat or a yoga hoser. Or a fun employee, man. There's all different levels. Uh, but you get access to really cool stuff, including cartoons nobody sees anymore, uh, stand-up specials nobody's ever seen, movies people don't get to see anymore. It's all right there in the Smithsonian screening room, man. And the uh, podcast library is deep, kids. It's deep, man. Except for Hollywood Babylon. That's available over at the Ralph Report. So, but everything else, come to thatkevinsmithclub.com, man. And we want to club you. Don't you want to club Kevin Smith? Here's your chance. That KevinSmithClub.com. She is the CEO and founder of Vegan Street Fair, a vegan food festival that has 200 vendors and 60,000 guests over the duration of the weekend it takes place. She also has started a weekly vegan market called Vegan Exchange, which takes place every Sunday that I frequent most weeks because, are you kidding me, a vegan farmer's market? What? dream world am i living in welcome to the show my personal hero jessica shea yay thank you so much for having me harley this is so exciting and let's talk about cool vegan things <laughs> that's that's <laughs> that's it we can end now no um so <laughs> i first of i have so many questions but first of all how did this happen how how did you do this how did you come up with this idea? Where did it start? So I'm originally from New York and growing up in New York, you know, we have uh, street fairs all the time. I used to work in Manhattan and I would, you know, get out of the subway and boom, just rush into a, a, a random street fair that popped up that wasn't there yesterday. It's just kind of the culture in New York. And so when we were contemplating this idea about a vegan event originally we were going to do like a veg fest because at the time there weren't any in los angeles there were other events there was, was like two other events uh and then i started talking to a friend of mine about this concept and he said look you really have to do something that is different 
that speaks to your soul and that breaks the mold of what people think veganism is. I mean, like I, I, I give him all the credit in the world. His name is Demetrius. And he really is the one who told me to step outside of my sort of thought process and start thinking of ways that make veganism look cool and uh, not intimidating and also, you know, accessible. So we kind of married this idea of a veg fest with a street fair and we created vegan street fair. It's really, that's really how it happened. It's so weird too, because, you know, vegan exchange started a clear five years after we started vegan street fair, because you don't know if this thing is going to work. This is unprecedented, right? Like we came up with this concept to have a free vegan event, which at the time there were none in Los Angeles, all events there were paid and very highly, uh, the ticket prices were high, you know, you're talking about $60 to get into a vegan event. Mm -hmm. And so our concept was really, we didn't want to put a barrier on veganism because I'm not trying to make vegans more vegan. Like we're already there. My goal with all of these events has always been to try to plant as many as possible in non-vegans. And you can't do that if you're, you know, charging a cover. So when we started Vegan Street Fair, and it was a massive success in its first year, there were 10,000 people on the street. And, uh, you know, it kind of just blew up from there. We didn't know that that would happen. The, the really interesting thing is that we're full circle now because the, sh- the street that Vegan Street Fair first happened on is now the street that Vegan Exchange happens on. I don't know if I told you that or if you know that. But I don't is, know that. That's that crazy. Is, yeah, it was the first vegan street fair was on that street and one more street and it was packed to the, I mean, like shoulder to shoulder, um, with people. And because they were just so interested in this idea of this free vegan event. And so now a full, you know, six years later, we have such a great demand for vegan food and vegan things and vegan vibes that a weekly market is viable. And it blows my mind too, to be honest. I mean, like I could sit here and say like, oh, you know, I knew this would happen, but honestly, I just, I did it. I, every morning I wake up and I, and I worry. Is that so weird? Like I worry it's not going to be busy. <laughs> I mean, I, I just- honestly don't think you have to have that concern. Uh, it is so popular. I can say as a witness, I have never seen it even like a little bit empty. It's always fully packed but that so many people attend it obviously mm-hmm. is something people are looking for and you really give them what they're looking for thank you we, we feel really honored we feel honored that people attend every week people live in the neighborhood and they walk there it's their weekly ritual they drive there they take the train or the subway they uber they park you know we're, we're just, we feel lucky that people want us there, you know, and the city of North Hollywood, after, after the success of Vegan Street Fair, they're like, whatever you need, you got it. You yeah. want to be here for a week, you got it. And we're like, all right. <laughs> I mean, that that's so awesome and such a great place to bring a non-vegan because then you can be like, oh, you don't like vegan food? Well, I have here for you 30 to 40 different vendors that you can choose from and I can guarantee on my life you are gonna like one of them which is such a cool thing to be able to do that's what we want people to do we want people to feel like number one this is their home right like we want people to feel proud of it even though they don't they're not a part of it you know on the back end they're a part of this just as much as I am you know you're a part of this just as much as as I am because when you bring your non-vegan friends and when you bring your cousin or your 
brother that's visiting or your neighbor, you know, th- that to me is what this is really all about. Because again, th- this idea that we're really just trying to plant seeds in as many people as possible, rather than make it all about, you know, just vegans. I, I don't look, you're vegan, right? I don't need to, I don't need to keep drilling that into you. I, I really mm-hmm. want people to look at this and go like, wait a minute, this is what veganism is. Like, this is cool. I can do this. This is the community that exists. I didn't know that because there's such a misconception with what veganism is because of, you know, who we see out in the media. I can't tell you how many people still think we all throw paint on people and only eat tofu. It's like, (laughs) no, we're regular, normal people and you should come see it for yourself. And that's really what I want people to walk away, you know, feeling uh, when they leave there. And I, and I do hope that, that people feel encouraged to bring the people that they love to something like this and just hope that, like you said, they get to try one of these amazing vendors and walk away having a different perception of what veganism actually is. There are so many people, the, the majority of people who view vegans as the paint throwing, very aggressive type. And that's not it at all. A lot of us aren't that way. It is important to have things like this to show non-vegans or people who are curious about vegan veganism that we're, we're very normal. We're just, we, we just have a different way. I feel like a part of the puzzle, and I always joke that like veganism needs a marketing team. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. Because <laughs> yeah, so often the things that we see are so off the mark and and there are, you know, we need every part of veganism, you know, just like every movement has every part of it. I, I personally, I have my activism set up in such a way that makes me go to sleep, um, not feeling like there are nightmarish images in my brain. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I'm, I'm good with that. But there are other people that have a different perspective. And I'm like, you go do, you know, the slaughterhouse stuff, you go do all that other stuff. I I can't do that personally, but we have to be able to see ourselves in this movement. And so often it's like, if you're not doing it this specific way, then you're not vegan. And I, and I think that's such bullshit because there have been vegans throughout history that have not done, you know, a half of, of the shit that we're doing now. I think just five years ago, vegan food itself, it has evolved. Vegan cheese. I don't know what's like about vegan food. Like, it's just <laughs> vegan cheese. Like, how good is vegan cheese now, right? Oh, it's insane. Um, I was literally just having that conversation with somebody, I think, yesterday because uh, a friend of mine called me and was like, hey, I, I went dairy-free uh, because my doctor... uh, told me it was i I needed to basically and he was like um vegan cheese is a lot better now am i wrong am i crazy and i was like no no it is a lot better now it has vastly improved (laughs) exactly and so like so just just using that as an idea you know we also evolve with it and we also shift with it and we're reaching different people and different cultures and different groups and you know people of color for the most part, have not really seen themselves in this movement. Disabled people haven't seen themselves in this movement. And that's mostly because a lot of the times with veganism, it's like, you know, veganism is this cure-all. You know, if you are if you go vegan, you won't get all these ailments. And it's like, hold on a minute. <laughs> that's not true. That's yes. Fucking lie. Yes. Um, 
And you have to show people every single day that there are people out there that look like them, that live like them, and that we don't all look the same. And that's how it should be because we want more vegans in the world. So, so to the point, you know, uh, I, I think that that's one of the things that I, I wish to stress with a lot of these events and a lot of these things. It's like, you know, making sure that people are able to see themselves walking the street and, you know, posting a vegan, whatever food video or doing a blog, you know, it's like, I got to see all those people because if we don't see those people, then we're not going to feel like we belong. And that's what we want. We want everybody to feel like they belong. At the the front of vegan exchange, there's always that sign that, what does it say? Like everyone is welcome here. That's what it is. The vegan exchange, everyone is welcome from the vegans to the non-vegans to all religions, all sexual orientations, all backgrounds, you know, the whole gamut try to put as many of those things as possible because yeah, we do want you to be welcomed with that. We don't want you to walk in and feel, feel like you're an outsider. We want you. And th- and that's part of why, you know, I created this the way that I did because in New York, for example, you know, I don't know, I don't know if you've ever been, but the San Gennaro festival in little Italy is like a huge deal. And it happens for like weeks on end in little Italy and you, everybody goes there, everybody goes there and everyone feels Italian for the week. Right. It's like, <laughs> you like they welcome you with open arms. You eat the food, you enjoy the music, you love the vibe and everybody is just there to have a really good time. And then you walk away feeling good, good feelings. And that's what I've always wanted for my events. It's like, you come in, you feel like you're a part of this. You, even if you're not a vegan yet, which that's the hope, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> you at least walk away feeling like that's the vibe that you get because, I, like you said, like this. A lot of the times, I mean, I, I was like this when I first went vegan. I was pretty angry, uh, and that's what they that's what they feel when when they see the word vegan on social media when they hear the word vegan somewhere on TV. And I just want to completely demystify and destroy that idea from the bottom to the top, because that's just not, they're, they're just louder, but that doesn't, that's not all of us. You know, we're not all like that. Not only do you provide a sort of Mecca vegan food, but you also provide a huge sense of community for vegans. Was, it sounds like this was something you were hoping for did did it exceed your expectations because for me every time i go to to vegan exchange i feel i feel like i'm a part of something it feels like i'm a part of a family i i I don't know anybody there except for you and the person i come with but like (laughs) it feels like i am a part of something bigger did Mm. you anticipate that in in the way that it ended up I don't, I'm not, I don't know that I anticipated it. I know that when I sit down sort of with my, with the trajectory of this event and how it came to be and sort of what form it took, uh, I started to kind of dig back into my past and go like, what, what is this thing? And and why is it that, that you have, um, you know, like why you gravitated so much towards this, this idea. And I realized pretty early on that one of the things that I really am at my core is a connector. I've always been a connector Um, from the time I was a little kid until very 
I mean, these, these memories for me are so vivid. But when I, I used to bartend, so I bartended in several places in New York and there was this one bar where my boss taught me at like, you know, 21 to, you know, chat with somebody at the bar, get to know them and then introduce them to the person next to them. And then stay there for a little bit, make sure the conversation's going really well. And then you're able to walk away and then they've just created a new relationship. And I was really able, I think as as, as a 21 year old back then to be able to do that pretty seamlessly. But I, I think that that's always kind of been who I, who I am at my core. Like when I walk into vegan exchange and I see people that I see every week meeting up with their friends um, I still do this. I still am like, oh, you need to meet this person because I know this person and they're lovely. And I do that. I, I've done that with you. Yeah. <laughs> I was just thinking that. I was like, you've yeah. literally done that to me. That's so that's so cool. What like what a what a talent. I I'm so socially awkward. I I don't think I'm capable of doing such a thing. That's so cool. And also for for people who have never been to vegan exchange you also have community tables where there's like everybody sits together and it's really cool and like you occasionally start talking to to a stranger and having a really cool conversation and if they're eating something from one vendor and you're eating something from another you're like hey how's that should i get it oh do you do you want to try stuff like that which maybe i don't know about the trying now in the weird time of coronavirus but uh, before it was it was awesome and i'm sure there will be a beautiful version of it down the line when this craziness is all over but like it really created such a sense of community for me and such a cool way of getting to you know talk with other people about you know their views on veganism and their thoughts on the food and everything and it it was just such a such a special special thing that you created I mean I don't pat myself on the back very often because I just I don't do it very well but uh, so I'm not going to do that now, but, but I, I will say to the, to your question, I think that, uh, vegan street fair originally, right? Like the annual ginormous thing, which has evolved now, or I guess was the word again, spun off mm-hmm. to be an exchange is really just an extension of me really wanting people to find friendships in something that we can all enjoy together. And I, and I think a lot of the times for me, when I first went vegan, I only knew one vegan and it was really hard for me to, to manage that because when I was having questions or I had problems or I didn't know about a specific ingredient or if this was okay to do or whatever, I didn't have anybody to ask those questions to. And so the, the idea that vegan exchange and vegan street fair and all these things have sort of grown into community. I, I, I want to say like, to be honest with you, yes, I, I've built that in myself. We used to have mixers um, all the time. Yeah. I remember that's so Yeah. Fun. Cause we want people to just get to know each other. We want people to walk away with a new friend. Like if you walk away again, it's all about at the, at the crux of it all, it's all about good feelings. If you walk away from something with good feelings, it doesn't matter what you really did during that time, you're just going to remember that feeling. You're going to remember what you felt when you were there. You're going to remember what you felt when you left. You're going to want to go back to that feeling. And so that's kind of, um, 
I do think the community, I built it in because that's kind of what I do. The communal tables were purposeful, believe it or not. And I'm so glad that you said that because originally we were going to buy tables with removal, you know, with, with regular chairs that you couldn't detach. And I was like, I don't want that. I want people to sit next to each other and they do and they talk and I talk and I meet random strangers and I want them to do the same thing with each other. And I just try to be for everyone else what I hope that they'll be for someone else. Does that make sense? Um, yes. And also on the opposite side of things, <laughs> um, just to just to throw some uh, controversy in there. Um, this this is a bummer. So we don't have to talk about it for that long. But I did want to talk about it because I am very curious about it. Um, so there was one vegan exchange that I came to. When, and <gasps> what do you? I, you already know what I'm gonna say. <laughs> um, oh, when I, yeah. I arrived at the edge of the entrance, there was a protester who was holding the dead body of a chicken, and to my memory, I believe he was eating it. And it was like not a cooked chicken either. It was like a, it was very disturbing. Um. And I was just like, what the fuck? Because if, you, if you're not into veganism, okay. But to go that fucking far as to bring such a hateful message to a, such a compassionate, loving group of people who are here like to escape that sort of thing, I was like, you have to be one messed up motherfucker to do such thing. Like, it was really so disappointing for me to see. And I remember... I t I talked to you that day and you were you were like I mean you were obviously not happy about it but you were handling it way better than I would have ever been able to if I were faced with the same thing because I just wanted to go up to him and fucking like punch him in the face quite honestly <laughs> which goes against like the compassionate vegan thing but I was just like come on man you're being such a fucking bummer to like all these people um how do yeah. you handle things like that what are you supposed to do when faced with something like that and does that happen to you often so that was the first time that something like that had ever happened and for context for anyone who is curious about this specific individual this person belongs to a group of people that consider themselves anti-vegans. And so what, what this guy does is he has a YouTube channel and he goes specifically to vegan events and he does exactly that. He takes a dead animal of some kind and he will eat it on the spot. And um, I did not know who this guy was, but what I noticed right away when I saw him and this guy was shirtless and covered in, in blood. Oh, I forgot uh, about that aspect of the whole that? thing. Yeah. Now I remember. Fun. Yeah. Yeah. I have a photo of it still, but the first thing that I noticed, you know, a lot of times what you have to kind of keep in mind in situations like this is that these people are doing it for a reason and they're doing it for attention. And I noticed he had a camera crew. And so for me, it was really important to, not engage in a way that uh, continued the misconception that vegans are angry people. I was livid. I was shaking and I was so pissed off that this fool decided that my event was the place to 
make a statement. So uh, I called over my security guard and I said, hey, deal with this. We have security and that's, you know, how it goes. Security didn't do anything. He got fired the next day. That's besides the point. Um, And then I called the police because I was like, I can't do anything about this. And they came and they handled it. But what she told me was, this is his right. That blew my mind. She was like, he can do whatever he wants. Like he's not hurting an animal. And I was like, what are you talking about? It's a fucking dead chicken. Yeah, what? (laughs) like he's disturbing the peace for sure um but from what she told me and i always kind of have to err on the side of legality because i can't i can't show my ass as they say right like i can't Mm. just be the pissed off person that i am inside to these people so 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 to answer your question i think it's really just a matter of, of understanding your surroundings first and foremost because I deal with a lot of stuff like this uh, in in different forms. Like I deal with people that get really angry with me about not letting uh, non-service animal dogs into the event. And they cause a huge scene to the point where I'm shaking. And I'm just like, I don't understand why I have to have these conversations with people that are so angry and aggressive when I'm simply just trying to abide by the health code rules that are put upon me. If it were up to me, I'd have every damn animal under the sun here. It's not my, it's not my gig. I can't decide that. So he did do this in the UK, like a few weeks later with a squirrel. That part, obviously not, none of that's going to make anybody feel better, but two things. One, he was arrested. I don't know whatever happened with that, but he was scaring children, obviously. And so they arrested him. I guess the UK is a little different than the US. Mm-hmm. So he was arrested. But also the day that he did that at my event, he was turning off non-vegans. Like non-vegans were going up to him and saying, bro, come on, man. Like I eat meat, but this is so extra. Like this is really gross. And when you think about it, it was like, oh, cool. You're doing the exact opposite of what you think you're doing because you are making the non-vegans go more vegan because they see how absolutely disgusting this shit is. So congratulations. <laughs> congratulations. No, that's, I mean, that's pretty sweet. That That's pretty dope, honestly. <laughs> that, yeah. That's what he deserves. Uh, I mean, fuck that guy. Um, <laughs> fuck that guy. Uh, moving on from that. <laughs> um. Okay, so obviously we're in the times of coronavirus and quarantine, and I know that that really affected you because you weren't able to to put on vegan street fair this year. Um, And obviously vegan exchange isn't going on right now, but you do have a really exciting new thing going on. So will you tell me about that? So, of course, you know, everything is canceled. The fucking world is canceled. Mm -hmm. Um... And vegan street fair is something that I've been working my ass off for. So like, you know, I I was really depressed for a little while, you know, and I I don't say that lightly. Like I I was in a hole for about two months just trying to, uh, I didn't even realize what was going on. I was just grieving. I was grieving all of the hard work that we put in, all of the staff that, you know, doesn't have a job right now because of this, all of the vendors that worked super hard to put together menus, all the designers, the editors, the PR people, the, you know, like every single person that has a hand in vegan street fair on the sidelines, because really vegan street fair and vegan exchange are run by three or four people at a time at any given moment. Um, it's really, we are a super small company, despite the fact that this event is so massive. So 
re- we just didn't want to let it go. And now that I'm out of my deep, dark hole, um, I just <laughs> wanted to create something that kind of brought vegan street fair into people's homes during this time, because, you know, there are people that don't even get to go to vegan street fair at all because they don't have, they're not in a bubble, right? They live in the Midwest or they live in Ohio or whatever. They live somewhere where this doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to create something um, for them and also for the people who are missing out on these events. And so we created something called Vegan Street Fair at Home. And Vegan Street Fair at Home is some online programming that essentially is like master classes from experts in the field. And funny enough, Harley Quinn Smith is the kickoff to this incredible campaign because oh. you're the first one on June 1st. Oh, fancy, <laughs> fancy seeing you here. <laughs> <laughs> and so, uh, like, you know, you're doing the Veganism 101 Q&A, which everyone has questions about. You know, every day there's new vegans in the world. And we love that. And they have questions. I know I did when I first went vegan. So we have Q&As with, uh, vegan experts and influencers. And then we have cooking classes. We have like eight cooking classes, which you don't really think about being essential right now, but you don't really get to, I mean, I don't get to go out and, and just buy whatever the hell I want. Like there's, there's a thought process to that. So instead mm-hmm. we want to bring it to you. So we have people that are going to do live cooking classes on this, you know, at home programming. And it's basically 12 classes through Patreon that people can, you know, buy into it's $5 gets you eight classes, which is just, I don't know, that's a freaking steal of a deal as far as I'm concerned. Agreed. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) But we just want people to feel like um, they're still a part of something beautiful, even if they don't get to do it in person. And so often they just want to, to be in the room, so to speak with, these people that they follow and they love and they have questions for, and they're, you know, like even what you and I are doing where it's like, you know, we're even getting to know each other more just doing this. It's like, I want, I want in on that. Right. I want the back, the back seat or the sort of getting in the back door of, of or pull back the curtain, as they say, to what these people are up to. So we've got, you know, Tabitha Brown is doing a, a session and we've got Derek, and Charity Morgan, who were in the Game Changers movie, and they're incredible. But in a nutshell, Derek was on the Titans, and Charity's a vegan chef. And so she turns the whole team vegan for, like, the season. And they have some of their best seasons when they're all eating this way, which is just mind-blowing to me. You, you, oh, my God. Like, you've never seen a vegan documentary, so I don't, I'm not going to tell you to watch Game Changers. But if anybody's <laughs> interested in this, it is fascinating it is very fascinating um so anyway we have koya webb we have pinky cole from slutty vegan we just have all these incredible people that are going to be there to sort of impart some knowledge and answer questions and do live cooking demos and what have you right in the comfort of people's homes so that they can still feel like you know they're they're getting a little taste or a little piece of vegan street fair because we do not know how long this is going to last and I'm sad that we can't continue to build that community together, you know? So this is my way of sort of continuing that along. Um, 
What advice would you give to somebody who is looking to create a sense of community around veganism in somewhere that maybe veganism isn't as accessible? Like, I think step one is to start some sort of online community because there's only so many people you can reach in person, um, especially now in this day and age where we're not able to meet people in per- in person. It's really important, I think, to sort of cultivate online relationships with people that you want to see right like you have to sort of develop the culture it's like a it's like an office you have to develop the the community culture in the image that you want so i think step one start an online community step two if you have the means you know do some sort of like potluck situation where people just gather together in small ways and hopefully from there if you ever feel inclined you know, you grow whatever feelings and thoughts you have towards making as much of an impact as you want. And, and trust me when I say whether it's a, a 60,000 person event in the middle of North Hollywood, or it's a small gathering at someone's home, you're making an impact on someone. So never think that what you're doing is not enough. Every little thing counts, right? Like small steps are still moving forward. Um, so the answer to your question, I think, just reach out, reach out and do what you can do. Reach out and do what you could do, man. What a fucking live wire she is. She's so great. Um, I know. Fuck. I had to edit out about 45 minutes of you blowing her. <laughs> just like, oh my God, everything you do is amazing. Well, how, she's so cool. How do you do that? She's so cool. I sat there listening to you fucking like just gush over this woman and I was like, she hasn't said nearly as many complimentary <laughs> things to me. And I've, I have maybe I haven't made a vegan street fair, but I've, you know, I made clerks. And Please she... don't be jealous. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't bring jealousy into this. I'm not jealous. Um, it was a lovely uh, interview. Um, it, what is it? It's a de- it's a delight to hear you without me, <laughs> because you're like. it's funny you're just this completely different person where you're like now that him not around i can be interesting on my own (laughs) as opposed to yes i i don't know i've never heard a boy named sue dad i don't know that song okay Um, whatever man (laughs) there it is that is a that's the motto here at vegan abattoir whatever man (laughs) um there it is hopefully you've learned a little more this week i mean look not from us but from uh jessica she was informative as fuck jessica shay um when the vegan street fair is up and running again i wholeheartedly recommend uh if you're in the la area and even if you're not you want to take a trip come to it and whatnot Uh, if not visit her online vegan street fair that Mm -hmm. she's putting together yes um Thanks for co-signing that. <laughs> people can hear it. Um, there it is, folks. So uh, hopefully you've uh, we've slaughtered misinformation. We have butchered bullshit. There you go. And <laughs> uh, right here in the vegan abattoir for vegan abattoir. I'm Kevin Smith. I'm Harley Quinn Smith. Get out of our vegan abattoir. Bring me, bring me back to you.